Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever had a dream and as the day started progressing or maybe even sometime after it, a week or two, whatever, you started to remember certain parts of the dream or the dream was feeling like it was trying to manifest in your life in a way that it gave a new meaning to what you were dreaming about? That is exactly what has been happening to me. Now, I personally believe that God speaks to you in various different ways with dreams being one of them. I believe that he gives messages. I believe that he speaks to you through the dreams, the visions, however he can get to you that you can confirm in your inner being that, yes, that's God speaking to me once you actually learn his voice, which is a whole nother conversation, but it's a necessary one. I think that you will be not only shocked, surprised, but super appreciative on how far God will go to get your attention. That he'll have strangers come up to you. He'll have people that haven't spoken to you in a while go ahead and confirm something you've been praying on in secret. He'll have something come across a commercial. He'll have a song come up already. And you're just like, God, like, seriously? And it's like, do you realize how much he loves you? And God is not mysterious in his messages. I know we want to believe that he's, you know, God works in mysterious ways. No, it's just that we're not supposed to lean on our own understanding when trying to comprehend the greatness and the, the, the hugeness of God. Like we can't put that into words. We can't capitalize and condense him into our humanistic ways. And so when we try to do that, we just coin it, you know, it's a mystery. No, it's just not clear to you because you don't have a God's eye view on your life. You very much have a different perspective than him. So God is not trying to operate mysteriously. That goes against everything that's in the Bible. He literally told the Israelites, yo, this is why I'm getting ready to take you, land of milk and honey. Jesus was like, listen, I'm finna head back to dad's house um, where there's many mansions. If there weren't so, I wouldn't have told you. Like, I don't read anything where God was like, mm, guess who? Like, yeah, he wasn't the Riddler. Like, I don't, that's not the God I serve. The God I serve gives you the entire plan and then he leaves out some parts for, you know, little razzle dazzle called faith. If you knew from point A to point Z, why would you need him? Why would you need to develop a relationship with him? Why would you need to be attuned to the Holy Spirit? Why would you need to commune and, and, and have the congregation around you call people and have iron that sharpens iron? Why would you need all of that if you knew everything from A to Z? Then you could actually live this entire life by yourself and miss the entire experience. Because this thing called life is actually a, um, I hate to say, it, it's a collaborative effort. <laughs> you are out trying to pursue something. God is has somebody over here trying to pursue something. You cannot do it in and of yourself. You could, but it's bigger than you accomplishing a goal. It's God actually putting pieces to the puzzle together that complement each other for the kingdom. So that's why it's dangerous to get somewhere and just want to go ahead and get your stuff together to get your particular accolade, degree, job status. What you want? No, you just listen. I can't help you right now. I'm 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 in mission mode. Listen, I'm in destination mode at this point. I'm trying to get here, and I have the do not disturb sign on my life. I don't got time for people to keep asking me, "Can you?" I don't want to hit, mm -mm, and my circle's getting smaller and smaller. Not because I'm being wise in my decision or who I spend my time with, but it's getting smaller. Because 
because I feel like people are slowing me up to get there. And it's not something that God unctioned me to do. I just feel like, listen, you need to understand that I have somewhere to go. So my head is down and, and the, the mission light is on. And so I need you to do not disturb until I get there. The danger in that is that when you actually do get there, you'll look back and realize how many times God wanted to actually use you as a blessing that there was something, some experience you had, uh, uh, the way that you phrase a thing, like there was a customizable touch that if you would have went ahead and, and been compliant or obedient to the unctioning of the Holy Spirit, you actually could have been a part of someone's breakthrough. That it could have looked like, like, listen, I know you was in a rush that time that you was in a grocery store, but did you not feel that unctioning to go ahead and ask that young lady, is she okay? Like, I know that such and such has been on your mind for a while, but you know what? You have work to do and you listen, you drowning in emails. We beat that name of Jesus, but it's a lot going on and you have to Yeah, they was on your mind, but like you don't have time to stop right now. Like and then when you did stop, it was too late. So you said, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow became how many tomorrows ago? Like God is really trying to knock on the door of your life. Imagine that. Knock on the door of your life to get your attention to help somebody who you could actually be their answered prayer. To knock on the door of a life he created to ask you to please help something else, please help someone else. And that's the very thing that he's done for you. Someone has come to your aid. Someone has come to your rescue. Someone, and you just was like, you know what? You are God sent. There's no way. I know that that was God. And having that experience, being able to say, yup, and shake your head and say that that was exactly me. Why would you dare take that narrative out of someone else's life? It's selfish. It's a little disrespectful. And I, you know, I don't gossip about nobody's grandbaby. But uh, you actually are alive opposed to living. Because living according to God's will looks a lot like servanthood. Which is why we have the awesome example in Jesus. That he didn't come down here and just say, all right, listen, (laughs) uh, I'm going to stay low for a little bit. Around 30, I'm going to peek my head out, do a little something, put some razzle-dazzle, you know, ruffle some feathers or whatever. carried it to three years and then um I'm a head out because y'all boys that's all I got for y'all he didn't do that everything was from a place of servanthood everything was from a place of giving everything was from a place of do you trust me everything was you know what I see your weaknesses but I'm gonna go ahead and strengthen that if you allow me if you have an ear you will hear me my, my sheep know my voice so if I'm speaking and something is connecting to you then you know that that is of God like there was something about servanthood and we all experienced it but what we fail to realize is that God needs to continue it by using you for someone else's life and that person for someone else's life and it's supposed to be a continuum a perpetual ripple effect through the kingdom but now all of a sudden people are just too busy I think that's one of the reasons I ain't gonna hold you I think that's why God sent um a little bit of you know some sit down methods like uh sicknesses mm-hmm. burnout mm-hmm. um anything to sit you down long enough to remind you that what you are so busy with is not the ideal utopia like busyness okay what the old people say is um the idle idle time is the devil's playground right so 
I think what we did in our time is we became so busy that that's the new playground. I need for everyone to take a deep breath at some point and start to see, uh, I know that I feel really busy, but am I really productive? I know that I feel like, oh, I'm accomplishing a lot, but am I finishing anything to its full completion? Am, am I rushing through things or am I actually able to sink my teeth and my hands in a thing and look back like the way God did in Genesis and say, mm, that was good. Are you satisfied with your end product or are you taking a deep breath before you have to start the next one? Do you see what I'm saying? All that to tell you I had a dream. I don't want to be nobody's Martin Luther King Jr., but you know what? That If that's the kind of grandbaby that I'm starting to be, then that's fine. The dream is still having, is continuing to have different meanings. And, and it's almost like God is using this one dream to kind of connect to the theme and the season that I'm in in life. So I was in a plane and it was like a, a two-seater, uh, a private jet situation. <laughs> I was rich in my dream, have a nice day apparently. And I was flying the plane and I'm going in, you know, one direction. And I'm like, cool. And then all of a sudden, the plane takes a U-turn, and now I feel like I'm going back from to where I started. And at that very moment, one of the wings came off the plane. And so I happened to look, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And so I get out of the plane, and I hold the plane with my right hand, as I extend my left hand to try to mimic the wing that was lost, I realized very quickly, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to be able to do this by myself. Whoever was in the plane with me came out of the plane as well, held the plane with their right hand, I'm sorry, their left hand, and extended their right hand to also mimic the other side of the plane. So my arm is one wing, the left. The other person was a female. Her arm was the right wing. And so we're flying. And at that moment in my head in the dream, I don't know if you're like me, but when I dream realistic things come in my mind, I, I think like a real person. So in my head, I was like, bro, how much longer can we do this? And just then God had it where we landed on a bigger plane. And I remember trying to think, like, should I scream out to the people to tell you know, the pilot to stop because, you know, there's another plane. But I knew that if I exerted myself trying to explain something in the, in midair, that I was going to exert too much energy and I may not be able to hold on to the plane. Just at the time that I realized, like, you know what, I, I literally said in my mind, just brace yourself for the fall. Go ahead and just brace yourself. I, I looked down. I said, the fall's not too, it's not too far. I mean, you, you may mess up a pinky toe too, but you'll be all right. You'll be able to tell the story, right? As soon as I went ahead to go brace myself for the fall and lean back, literally we landed on this extremely elevated pillar of, of sand. And I remember laying back feeling like I had laid down in the bed. And I was like, wait a minute, still in a dream. I look back like, where did that, where did that elevated plateau of, of sand just, where did that come from? And I remember the last thing that I said when I woke up, I said, God, you couldn't have planned that any better. You could not have planned that any better. Now, in real time, in my waking life, there was a lot of different things going on at that time. Building a house, 
The closing date was continuously being delayed. I wasn't the most excited about my career at that time. It was a lot going on, and I was just like, this is a lot. I'm, <laughs> God, you got to show me what to do. Like, I'm tired of complaining. I, I, you know, I'm a person that I want to see progress, and I want to be a part, a part of the problem-solving I'm not the one that can see a problem and still identify the problem. So, like, we still identifying the same problem. Like, when we going to fix it? Like, that's my thing. I'm very much Bob the Builder in the Spirit. <laughs> um, can we fix it? Okay? Is what I'm asking continuously. And so, lately, I've realized exactly what that dream was supposed to mean for me. I was going in a direction that I thought, okay, greater is over here. Because where I'm at is not working. Like, you know, I'm like, there's only so many times I'm going to complain about something. There's only so many times I'm going to go ahead and give a suggestion and it gets shot down. Like, okay, so y- you know what? Y'all group of grandbabies that like to be stagnant and I can't drip in that sauce, okay? And so what I'm getting ready to do is, no, 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 y'all cool here. No, it's not, ma, it's not you. It's me. Okay, I'm getting ready to take all of me, mm-hmm, very much John Legend, and I'm going that away. Okay, and so I have my eye on okay, if I'm going to be better, if I'm going to get greater, if I'm going to go ahead and excel, then I need to go that way. And so I started to go that way, but while I was en route to go that way, the wing came off. Yet something happened in my job that I did not see happening. One of the top people went ahead and resigned and I was like oh okay and then just that literally put in the resignation on a Monday and a job that I thought an opportunity that looked super duper promising on the Tuesday I was going to be updated they literally told me no I remember going to the bathroom at work and sitting down, not on their toilet, have a nice day, because um, they got chairs there, you have a nice day, sitting down and saying, okay, God, so what are you doing? And so that was the epitome or the depiction of the plane is not going another way, because I thought I was going over here, wasn't happening. I was like, oh, okay, so we're going over here. So turning back to where I already was. I think the wing coming off was showing that someone in leadership was about to drop off. But the part that God was wanting to show me was I had to make something drastic happen for you to come out the plane and get out of your comfort zone. Come on, Holy Spirit. Ooh, you got, mm, I don't know if I want to cry. I don't know what's going on, but I feel every piece of that. Sometimes in life you feel like, God, why aren't you listening to me? And he's looking back down like, how come you haven't moved yet? And then we start seeing things happening and we getting scared. And we're like, God, aren't you there? And he's like, if I can't get you to move in comfort, what makes you think I'm not going to do whatever I need to do to get you out of that so that you can excel, so that you can get to the next place? Sometimes he has to make you uncomfortable for you to understand that it's time for you to get to the next level. How do you know that you need to buy new clothes? Because the ones that are that are currently in, you're not fitting them, right? And so some some people try to say, well, you know what? No, I'm going to just lose the weight. I'm not going to. But sometimes he's trying to show you this square footage is too small for you. This seat you've outgrown, this particular company, this particular department, this particular. There's a particular that you have outgrown and you're supposed to go to him and say, okay, what next? Because we always think we know what the next best thing is. And we got our eye on the prize and we're over there and very... I hate to say it, but 10 times out of 11, okay, God is usually calling you to something that you're like, I would have never done that because it's outside of my comfort zone. Why does he do that? 
Because when he tries to talk to you soft, you take too long. Look how long he had to tell the Israelites, guess what? Guess what? I'm getting ready to take y'all. Guess what? Guess what? I'm taking you. Disneyland. They were like, but it was me in Egypt. Like, what's this man? Are we tired of it? But I'm so I'm sorry. Have you ever had um an all-knowing God give you food like Uber Eats from the sky? Like y'all have no delivery, you ain't got a tip, like nothing. All you doing is just coming out, making sure you store just enough for that day. Like, and you complaining? Oh. So when God talks to you nice, nice, you don't get it. But then when he starts sounding like thunder, then you're like, we scared. Tell God whatever he want to do. Oh, why he got taught you like that? It's like when, when when the parents back in the day was like, um, y'all don't listen when I talk nice. But when I start going off in it, you're like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when you, yeah, you're right. Because we scared. Because when you just said clean up real nice, that sounded like you can go back to sleep for another hour on a Saturday. But when you came in the room and said, if I got to tell you again, oh, you gritting your teeth? Let me, let me, let me, um, <laughs> let me SpongeBob me. Let me go ahead and get out of here real quick. Okay. Cause, um, the last thing I want to do is mess up the bleach situation. If it's going, if it's going to be all that, <laughs> uh, if it's going to cause a scar somewhere, I'm going to have to tell my kids 20 years later. Yeah. I'm going to just go ahead and just save us both the cardio. Okay. Um, and keep that moving. But it's amazing to me that God knows just the right time to go ahead and make you uncomfortable. And in now looking at where I was in that dream, I had a choice. I was either going to allow the plane to just, like, uh, what you want me to do? The wing's not here. But the fact that it instinctively, it's almost like it was second nature. Like, oh, I need to get out and put my arm out. Like, how did I know to do that? And that's the thing. There are certain things in you that God is like, if you just allow me to really operate in you, you would be operating in an anointing and in a grace that will make it seem like you've been, you've done this before, that you've been doing this at some juncture in your life. You don't understand. I'm not waiting until you have it all figured out. If you do it, when I say to do it, I will put my super on your natural and this thing will look like it will blow your mind how easy it was to get into that seat how how easy it was to go ahead and accumulate that piece of property how easy it was just to go ahead and bro you know what that spouse came when I stopped looking why you think that that's uh something that people usually say you think because it's cliche no because people have started to learn when I try to put it together when I try to time it once I get out of debt once I once I do a b and c when you try to go ahead and put all the particulars together it, it yeah, the meal is never hit and it's never given what it was supposed to give. But if you go ahead and just go, let God just operate in your yes and your amen, man, what he can do with that. You seen what Jesus did with two fish and five loaves, a boy's lunch? Do you see how he was able to maximize just so this is all I have? Like, I don't really know what to do. Like, do you see what he was able to do with some people who was like, yeah, I'll forsake everything and follow you for three years. I'm sorry, your name again? Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, me? Um, I'm Andrew. But I think you're on Nick. I'm Simon, but you're going to nickname me Peter. Mm -hmm. Andrew's my brother. He right there. Yeah, James and Joe. Like, it's something about just going ahead and just being an open vessel that God pours in and he does something that you can never accumulate and recreate in your life. It's a beautiful thing. And then the fact that I landed on something else comforting, right? Which reminds me that God was like, listen, I know you think you're falling, but what you don't know is that you're falling exactly in the role, in the place that I 
destined for you to be at that time. There's a timing for everything. Why is it that that plane that I was in was slowly, slowly declining, right? Descending rather. And it descended just perfectly to land on another plane that was big enough to support me. How? And God was trying to show me, I want you to understand that while it may seem uncontrolled to you, I control everything, even the winds. You remember when the disciples was like, what manner of, what manner of man is this, that even the waves and the storms listen to him? There is nothing literally what you see and what you don't see that God does not have his hand on. Do you understand that even the enemy got to come to him and say, um, can I touch your servant lot? Like, mm, let me let, let me sleep on that one big dog <laughs> there is nothing when I say everything is orchestrated by your daddy everything is orchestrated by your daddy when I say that nothing goes by him nothing surprises him there is nothing that he's like oh you know what Sw- wait swing back around I forgot bread he yeah he's not like us okay there is e- there is literally an app for that for, for everything that's going on in your life that's why I've taken the whole stance of it doesn't surprise God, so it's not going to emotionally move me. I'm not going to be moved by something that God already knew. It, it, it's not, God is not looking at my life like it's the ultimate, you know, um, jump scare. Like, oh, oh gosh, I didn't know. And so why am I going to live a jump scare life when I know that I serve the God that I do? Why? Why? The bill, the health, the pain, the disappointment of whomever, the what I mean name it is nothing new that's under the sun Ecclesiastic says it right so at this point it's just a matter of okay um why would I move in a way that will make me feel like I'm constantly jumping from one scare to the next and and I am God's masterpiece the Bible calls me God's masterpiece the Bible says that the angels look at him and say what what are humans that they just a little lower than angels and so you think that I'm gonna walk around and feel some kind of way like everybody's like I just want everybody to be clear um I don't know what the drug of choice is but I'm gonna need everybody to take a drug test because if that's what you thought you thought wrong okay great and so I started to understand he wants you out of your comfort zone He wants you to go get greater. He's a gentle God. He's not going to push you. But if he has to put, (laughs) he ain't ain't no killer, but don't push him. You understand? And the rest you can't remember because it's not biblical. But at this point in your life, God just put on my heart. He said, you know what? I wouldn't have to push you in certain directions if you would just willingly follow me. Notice he never had to push Peter to do anything. He didn't. Peter was just like, bro, wherever you at, middle of the ocean, wherever, I, like, I want to be there. Like, I, I don't, I, it, it don't, I don't care where everybody else is feeling. I don't care where everybody else is saying. I say you the Messiah. It was something about Peter that Jesus was able to look at him and was like, you know what? I'm not going to have to contort you to a way that uh, I take away your free will. But I'm glad that I see that you have the heart to freely follow me wherever God has willed you to go. Do you see what I'm saying? There is something so beautiful in knowing that God truly and truly takes what's happening in your life and he speaks to you 
and he comforts you and he reminds you, I will never leave you and forsake you. You're not an orphan. You're my kid. And I don't know if you know anything about a strict parent, but God don't play when it comes to his kids. You understand me talking to you? It is beautiful to know that it could be a dream, that it can be someone saying something. It could be a song. It can be a movie. It can be so you can read the Bible and say, bro, stop playing to me. Why is that my devotional today? Like the way that because he loves you so much that what you need to understand that it ain't no competition. (laughs) It ain't no competition nowhere in this earth. God's going to get you to where he wants you to be as long as you are willing to go there. Very much the end. Like, do you understand that? And where most of this is coming from is that I just finished watching a, um, a live video from her handle is the Christian Bay. And her key point was saying she was talking about not having half faith and all these other things. And she said, um, I'm taking what's mine. And when I say that, that fired me up. Mm-hmm. very much brimstone, okay, on the pinky toe. Because I was like, wait a minute. And so I'm listening to her talk about the, you know, the Israelites and the fact that they were scared and all these other different things. And it, I'm talking about, like, sent a whole static wave through me. And immediately the first thing that God told me, he said, I need you to go ahead and um, remind you, yourself, and all the grandbabies that want to know it, uh, that you when you see somebody uh, appearing as if, <laughs> and I'm doing the bunny ears, okay, uh, giving off the silhouette as if they are functioning is something that God told you to function in, I need you to go ahead and contort your mind to understand that there is always going to be competition, uh, you know, in the midst. But what we don't get is that just because there's competition, it don't matter. It's always only one winner. It's only one person that can come in first place. I have, out of all the races I've ever watched, I've never seen four um, first race people. I've never seen four first place winners, okay? It can be all the competition in one. I don't care if it's 12 lanes, 24 lanes, 54 lanes. Guess what? One winner. Very much given Ray J. You understand? One. And so uh, – what came on my heart was anytime you see someone operating in a similar lane um, that makes you almost question if you even in the right race, I want you to remind yourself that they can't complete. They can't compete in an area that you've been created for. There is no competition when God created that with me in mind. There is no competition when it comes to that. And I think that we watch people excel in their careers, right? And then when we start to get closer, we like, time out. You are the most incompetent, unresponsive, disorganized. I don't, and you start to like, how many years you've been doing this? And what's your accolade? Really? How long you, oh, and you start, how did you fumble and pretend that long? Because it didn't take me years to realize you don't know what you're doing. And not only that, that you don't have the um the competency level to do it. And not only that, you okay? Because I don't, bro, you're not even trying to hide it. Like, everybody knows it. So, wait a minute. Everyone's been, so what's the accountability to that? Like, you ever seen that? You ever seen um someone date and they just keep getting all the good people? 
And you're like, how are you finding all these good-hearted people and you doing them super dirty? Like, I know what you're doing behind closed doors. Buddy don't know. Ma'am don't know. She think you really sleep. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, why you don't get all the scumbags? Like, I'm out here in these Christian streets really trying to find someone. And I don't, and you just finding them like, ah, he's boring. Yo, shorty talking about she ready to be a wife. And, like, and you and you shooing off the very thing that somebody's praying for. What happened? You 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 in a six figure job, a high paying salary job, and you blowing money like um stimulus packages is every day, and like what you blow just for fun money, somebody's praying that um a fraction of that just so happens to get deposited, you know, in their account, fall on the ground, they pick it up by mistake. Maybe one of the little bank trucks, you know, has a little fender bender, you know, something happens. And it, and you looking like God, you you blessing them, and I know they don't tithe. <laughs> they not giving. You said in Malachi, bring all the meat to the storehouse and, and see if I don't overflow. God, I know they ain't bringing no overflow. So how come they they salary is that much? I don't know what happened. God, wait a minute. I, this person don't even keep their house clean, and they got a oop. That's too much. Okay, let me. Uh, God, they don't even keep their car clean. Hmm? God, they. When I say when I say they don't want no kids, yeah, and, and just getting pregnant as easy as possible, too much. Okay, let's come back. All right, let's pull back because I don't want to insult nobody. Um, but you but you understand what I'm saying? You see the silhouette of something, and you like time out though. But what happened? And how come? But what you don't realize is, uh, you and this is what the girl said um on the live that I was watching. She said, "How are you mad?" at seeing someone operate and obtain and and demand authority in an area that you won't even attempt to go ahead and possess. Oh, my goodness. Yo, when I say that that absolutely blew my mind, like how long you going to be frustrated at that job before you say, you know what, let me go ahead and pitch this idea. Let me go ahead and um, position myself to go ahead and take over because uh, the frustration that I, I feel currently in this seat, I feel like God has anointed me so that I'll never let nobody else feel this again. I feel like God was able to show me um, and stir me up because he knew that if I saw it, that I was going to be the person to solve it. I was going to be the solution for it. I said it before and I'm going to say it again. You were made to solve solve a problem so if you see a problem and it stirs you guess what it just may be a part of your calling perhaps do you understand that do you realize what stirs you doesn't stir other people up what goes ahead and inspires and encourage you doesn't do that for someone else do you have a certain coordinate about you that God was like if I could just get your attention and show you this a man it will send you exactly in the path that I need you to go you over here frustrated not knowing that it was meant for you to be stirred up not to be emotionally drained but stirred up so that you can start to get courageous enough to go fix that problem how much, how, you, you going to keep getting irritated and slightly jealous and have to go ahead and work on that because somebody else got engaged, somebody else is in a relationship again. Oh, man, and he's actually cute. Oh, an old girl's actually doing something for herself. And you over here feeling some kind of way, but you're the most antisocial person ever. Like, are you positioning yourself to even kind of let, does anybody know you're available? No? 
or want you to say, you know what, and just be 100 with God. Say, bro, I'm tired of doing duck, duck, goose. I keep getting the ducks. I'm ready for the goose. You understand? Won't you just go to him and say, hey, listen, um, if, if, if that prayer could have been prayed <laughs> by um, the servant when, when he was sent out to go ahead and find a wife for Isaac, yeah, Abraham told him, go over there and go find my son a uh, because I'm getting ready to be out in a little bit over Jesus. Uh, go ahead and find my son a wife, and I want you to go ahead and, uh, yeah, bring her back here. So when the servant went, the Bible literally says that he prayed for Rebecca, and before he could even finish his prayer, he said, Lord, if it's, if it's her, she was, I would ask her for water, and she would not only give me water, she would give my camels water too. And before he could even finish it, old girl came up, and he was like, I'm thirsty. And she was like, I'll give you water. And she literally mimicked. And it's like we spend years and years and years, months and months and months, breaks and breaks and breaks. I'm done. I'm not. I want to get married. I don't. I want children. And we go back, back, forth, and forth more than Aaliyah. God bless you. Have a nice day. I like her too. Um, And we've. What we need to do is just go ahead and take it up to God and say, listen, real quick, if you was able to do that um, e-harmony situation real fast for Rebecca and Isaac, I'm going to need that for me. Because it had to be the hookup that needed to be hooked up. Because when the servant brought Rebecca back, um, the Bible says Isaac took her back to the tent and he knew her. You understand? Isaac was like, mm, I'm really trying to know what you about. Like, mm. Come into my tent, girl. Yes, doing all the tent swirls. Yeah, you know, listen. And so it was a match made in heaven, okay? It was definitely something that God was like, Yeah, I, I touch and agree with that situation. Y'all can go ahead and touch, agree on that. Okay. So do the same thing, bruh. The Bible is literally the roadmap to be like, Why y'all keep trying to recreate? Why y'all? These folks didn't have all the technology and the extracurriculars that y'all had. And it's just as hard to find someone. But go back to the one source that does work, God. Real quick, big homie. Um, However you speak to him, but to me, that's, you know, the OG. Uh, Like, it's getting hard in these streets. And, like, you know, the hope is starting to fizzle a little bit. I need you to go ahead and do it. Listen, I don't know why the Holy Spirit got me talking about somebody's marriage and marrying grandbabies. But, like, listen, okay? If it's for you, it's for you, and that's how it's supposed to go. But I'm going to go ahead and go to Numbers 33 because you're looking at me funny, and I get uncomfortable when you start doing that with your eye. No, I see you, and that's fine. We'll just, no, no, that's between you and the Lord. We're going to read the Bible. Numbers 33, you know I read in the NOT version, right? I want to talk about some other hardhead grandbabies. Not shade, but very much shade. Uh, I want to go to verse 51, okay? Um, I'm going to go one verse up. I'm going to go to 50. Mm-hmm. Numbers 33, 50. While they were camped near the Jordan River on the plains of Moab, opposite Jericho, the Lord said to Moses, 51, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you cross the Jordan River into the land of Cana, Cana 52, you must drive out all the people living there. You must destroy all their carved and molten images and demolish all their pagan shrines. 53, take possession of the land and settle in it because I have given it to you to occupy. 54, you must distribute the land among the clans by sacred lot. 
and in proportion to their size. A larger portion of land will be allotted to each of the larger clans, and a smaller portion will be allotted to each of the smaller clans. The decision of the sacred lot is final. In this way, the portion of the land will be divided among your ancestral... I don't know why that word almost tripped me up. Uh, ancestral tribes. 55. But if you fail to drive out the people who live in the land, those who remain will be like splinters in your eyes and thorns in your sides. They will harass you in the land where you live. 56. And I would do to you what I had planned to do to them. Pause. Let me tell you something. You, you, I know I did, but, um, my mother told me when I had a bully, um, you come home and tell me that you didn't win. Um, when you get home, I got something for you. Which, I'm sorry. Yeah, when you get home, if you didn't um do what needs to be done, uh, I, you gonna get beat. I'm gonna get beat if I don't beat her. Mm-hmm. Oh, say say less. <laughs> the spirit of Tyson, like <laughs> listen, ma'am, you gonna have to put me in golden gloves after this because the last thing I'm getting ready to do is come home and you you beat me because I didn't beat her, ma'am. So what grade of B? You want me to like, you want me black her eye? Like how you want me to do it? Because what I won't do is come back with a scratch and tell you that, mm-mm, nope. And so that's exactly what this is giving. This is giving very much God saying, um, you don't demolish your land and do what I said. Then when you come back home <laughs> and he looking and I'm like, ooh, so guess who would have demolished the land? Raising my hand. Very much me. Because what I'm not going to do is get beat by God. Because it, it it's a different kind of beat. I ain't going to hold you. But here was the thing. This demolishes that whole thing of God works in mysterious ways. And this, that. No, he doesn't. He literally just broke down the why, what you should do, what's going to happen if you don't do it. And um, if you don't do it, you're going to get some of these hands. And I ain't going to hold you. Take possession of the land and settle in it because I have given it to you to occupy. I want you to break it down this way. By the, by the larger clans, give them a larger portion, smaller clans. But if you fail to drive out the people who live in the land, those who remain there, it's going to be annoying. Y'all not going to gel well. Like, it's just a whole bunch. It's like, listen, start from scratch. Have the whole thing just, like, demolished. Tell everybody to go home. It was it was cute. But, like, get up out of here and um keep going. And the thing that got my attention was that God gave such a detailed breakdown of what's to come. And what he wanted them to do. And them folks really uh, convinced Moses, like, wait, before we do exactly what God said, can we go um, spy out the land real quick? Bro, where, I'm sorry, let me scroll again. Where in here, uh don't see it, 52, 54. Where in here did God say, uh, before y'all go ahead and just, you know, do everything that I said, you can take a little, you can add an addendum to this particular uh conversation I'm having with you and y'all can go ahead and just you know kind of give a overview you know see how you feel about the land first you know put your toes in it you know, take some fruit back go ahead and show the people with the fruit where did he say to do that and that's the thing when you try to size up yourself to what God called you for, then it starts to feel like competition. Then it starts to feel like, bro, I'm not, why am I even in the running? I'm just a small girl from this particular blog. How, why am I at the Olympics? Like you'll start to look at yourself literally the way that the Israelites did, where it's literally there are giants in the land. I don't care if there were four, four shacks, um, Shaquille O'Neal's, sitting on each other's shoulders 
God just told me what I need to do. And and he ended it with, and if you come back home, okay, and didn't do what I said, I got something for you. Because what I was going to do to them, I'm going to do to Where is the, there's no room for questioning. Why are we doing it in another way? And I feel bad that there wasn't at least one person in the midst that was like, hold on, he didn't say to do that. See, that shows spiritual maturity. I know which, how you feel comfortable approaching what God told you to do. But he didn't tell you to do that because maybe what makes you comfortable, he knows it's actually going to bring on a spirit of timidity. And the Bible says he didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Said in first in Timothy, right? So at this point, I know you want to tiptoe your way to something, but your competition is not tiptoeing. Your competition is very much solidified in their role. Your competition is very much living a life, and it looks like, but God, I know that this person is not. And so at this point, stop tiptoeing around the very thing that God called you for, or else you're going to live the life of just being in the audience and seeing someone perform in a song that should have been yours. Do you understand that? Don't know if you're getting the drift yet, um, but your challenge is I want you to go ahead and ask God, what are the coordinates and the instructions and the E or the above to what he has for you? Because I guarantee you have been so comfortable doing something one way. And just like my dream, he's going to have to do something drastic to get you to understand. Okay, so the time is now. I'm not waiting anymore. Um, I don't heard the, the screams of my people or whoever is assigned to your particular assignment. At some point, he has to get Moses ready because the Israelites has, have been praying for 400 years. At some point, he has to get you to move and get awed by the, the bush that is on fire but it's not burning so that he can go ahead and send you somewhere to go rescue some people. At some point, he has to help you conquer your fear of, but I don't speak well, so he has to come in and line Aaron to go with Moses to go do the thing. At some point, he has to, it, it is so many steps to bring this thing into fruition, the easiest should be you giving God your yes. Just allow him to change your direction. Wherever God says to go, it don't have to make sense to you. And you know how you'll know that it's God? Some of this is instinctive. Like once you see the problem, you immediately like, you know what? I, I would do this, this, and this. And it's like, oh, not you having bright ideas on the thing that you was called to do, but you was sitting down like mother hen, like you had an egg that wouldn't crack. What's going on? How you doing? You see what I'm saying? You sitting on something too long. Yes, at some point it has to hatch. At some point you have to go ahead and put some things in action. At some point you, why he got to make you tired to get up and move? Why he got to get you irritated to shake you up and say, I want to do something different? Why he got, you have, you don't apply to jobs until you have a real bad day. Like, why can't it just be that you perusing the scene? You know what was out there. Maybe, why can't you arrive to your next blessing without frustration, without feeling fed up? You, do you see what I'm trying to get you to? I want you to arrive the way that God intended for you to arrive. But I want you to move when God says move. 
Mm. That's between you and the Lord. Listen, um, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what these conversations are? They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl, okay? And real talk, that dream is probably going to be a dream that I remember for a very long time. Shouts out to Martin Luther King Jr. Um, because it was so vivid, and now I'm seeing different meanings of it in my waking life that I'm like, God, you really went out your way to make sure that I got it this time. And that, out of everything else, makes me feel so loved and, and honored that I get to serve a God like that. It's pretty dope. But I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. we talk again, okay? All right. Later.